The comments within the following podcast are those of any show hosts and not representative of any company in which the show hosts may represent. It is Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. My name is Jared Reimer, and March 24th is the day that this webinar was put out for those to enjoy. I normally wait to put these webinars out, but with the coronavirus outbreak, I feel that this webinar is very important. I'm not saying that most other webinars and things that we do on the podcast are not important, but with big time medical issues and other current events, cyber criminals are going to do nothing but cause havoc. For example, what are they going to do? Send out emails saying there's a cure for the coronavirus. They're going to say, here's a foolproof mask to prevent this virus. Here's a link to learn more. Where the map in question, although simulated, was actually targeted to download malware. See my drift? I don't want to scare anybody, but this is the time to get this webinar out, and John Clay did a very good job covering a lot of the news and covering a lot of the various types of emails. I have personally seen some of these emails, like links to masks and things. One such email that I got did talk about the particulars of the COVID2019.com domain, which actually doesn't exist. I checked it out because I got an email through a contact form. All of that, how to stay safe in a home working environment and more is coming up in the following webinar. This isn't going to be your typical introduction but an introduction just the same. I'm going to let the webinar end the program instead of me coming back with contact information. So contact info is as follows. Tech, that's T-E-C-H, at M-E-N-V-I dot O-R-G for email and iMessage. If you're the text messaging type or you're on WhatsApp, you can text or WhatsApp 804-442-6975 and if you're on WhatsApp you can send me voice messages as well. I want to wish everyone the safest and healthiest time that they can. I know that all of us are affected by this major outbreak and that is an understatement. There are some places worse off than others and each government is going to take things differently and they have the power to do that. I will continue to share 
interesting articles in regards to COVID-19 that I think people should see, but I'm also trying to catch other types of news that might be of value as well. I will be back with another edition of the podcast very soon. Until then, thanks so much for listening, and here now is John Clay with the webinar, Coronavirus is the Latest Lure for Attackers. Hey, everybody. John Clay here, uh, Director of Global Threat Communications at Trend Micro. And uh, glad you could join me on my monthly threat webinar. Uh, This is the March uh, 2020 version. Uh, We're going to be talking about threats using the coronavirus as the lure. Obviously, uh, we're in a new world right now. Um, Most of you are probably working from home who aren't necessarily uh, always working from home. I've been fortunate enough to be able to work from home for the last 20 years. So this isn't anything new to me from a perspective of working from my office, but I know for a lot of you, uh, this is a new, uh, new way of working for you. Uh, hopefully it's working out. Um, hopefully everybody can come together and we can all get uh, back to normal uh, work as we all know and love. Uh, but this this month, I wanted to uh, talk about it. Obviously, this is the headlines that is covering everything out there. Um, I just wanted to give you some uh, some ideas and some some information about how the malicious actors are actually using this event. You know, this is nothing new in cybersecurity. Uh, if you've been in cybersecurity for any length of time, you know that the malicious actors tend to utilize uh, world events in their lures uh, in what they do and try and get people to click on stuff. And um, unfortunately, you know, today's no no different. <clears throat> uh, we've seen an uptick, and we're going to talk about that as we move forward. Uh, I also have a section at the end I wanted to talk about kind of best practices for working from home. Uh, as I know either you are working with employees that are working from home as a manager or if you are a work-from-home employee, uh, then uh, hopefully some of those insights will, will help out. So let's get started. Um, as I do every month, I do, uh, I do want to cover the month in review. Uh, a lot of this information comes from my Friday uh, blog series that I do uh, that highlights some of the top things, uh, uh, news stories, um, trend events, et cetera, uh, articles and stuff that have been published in the in the previous month uh, between webinars. So I, you know, I do this monthly webinar every every month and covering different topics. But uh, uh, you can get in, information from there. All these articles are are on those uh, weekly blogs that I do. The first one, uh, if you're a customer of Trend Micro, I just wanted to let you know, um, Kevin Simser, our COO put up a blog just recently to talk about our commitment to our customers during the global coronavirus pandemic. So that um, that article is up. You can talk. It talks a little bit about what we're doing. The good news with, with Trend Micro is we have a very uh, diverse workforce. A lot of us have been working from homes for a long time, and we have the ability to uh, actually support a, a work-from-home workforce. And so we haven't seen a lot of any concerns and any stoppages in our in our support of our customers out there. And we're even doing things for non-customers out there, and I'll talk a little bit about that later. 
Another article, we, uh, this is a report we published just recently. If you have industrial IoT devices inside your organization you work with, uh, probably a good uh, report to take a look at. It talks about the threat landscape in the IIoT arena. Uh, all of us, the good news is we, we all get a break for uh, filing taxes. I think it's until July now, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, uh, there are obviously tax scams happening on a regular basis. Again, as I mentioned earlier, always going to take uh, malicious actors are always going to take advantage of the, the latest things that are going on in the world. Taxes uh, are, are what has been going on for a while. So um, this is an article that can help you understand more as from a consumer perspective. Um, than a business perspective, but we are all consumers and we all have to pay taxes. So uh, a good article there. One other thing I wanted to let you all know, um, kind of a housekeeping thing, obviously. You do have a QA button. Uh, if you want to ask a question, uh, I will answer those questions at the end. Uh, and if I don't get to all of them, I will reply to you via email uh, with an answer to your question. So sorry I didn't state that off earlier. Uh, one other article, hackers are working harder to make phishing and malware look legitimate. So this article talks a little bit about what um, some of the shifts we've seen in the tactics used by uh, malicious actors in crafting their phishing attacks and their malware uh, to obviously obfuscate them better, uh, making sure their infection rates uh, stay consistently high by improving the way they're phishing, uh, either they phishing emails or their or their um, phishing web pages look and feel and so forth, So, uh, as well as in the malware they're designing. And the last one, uh, uh, if, if your organization is doing a lot of DevOps, you have a lot of coders inside your organization, this is an article that talks about the security risk for online coding platforms. So if you have coders that are utilizing some of these online coding platforms, uh, a good article you might want to share with them uh, because it does talk about the risks associated with utilizing those things. All right, so let's get started here. Um, and part of the, the why I wanted to do this um, I, uh, this this topic, this is obviously the, the, the times of the day. I try to stay as relevant as possible of what's occurring uh, each month, if there's something new in the month, I, I try to cover, you know, that's, that is occurring in cybersecurity. I want to cover that as, as quickly as possible. Um, we also, we've been publishing this article. Uh, we published it fairly early, but we continue to update it on a regular basis. And there's a link in the resources button uh, if you want to click to this page. We will continually update this page with some of the new threats that we see uh, on a regular basis coming out of here. This is a, a chart that we put pulled um, after analyzing the spam messages that are related to the coronavirus and COVID-19 uh, across the world. Obviously, we have a very um, broad global uh, customer base. We have 500,000 commercial customers around the world, um, you know, millions of consumers around the world, and we uh, are able to pull a lot of data from them uh, about what the spam that is detected through our solutions uh, and the malware that is detected through our solutions. And you can see uh, EMEA right now is the hardest hit. A lot of this, um, these uh, spam and, and malware is being tied to and being launched in the European region. Uh, APAC is number two. Uh, North America, uh, including U.S. and Canada, is, is third. And, and Latin America is seeing a pretty good uh, increase as well here. And you'll notice that the, the – uh, 
the, the uh, bars are pretty even at each one. And, and the reason for that is the malware that we are finding today typically are, are going to be attachments to spam. Um, so the spam, the, the people utilizing um, spam in their attacks are also utilizing uh, malicious attachments. Now, this is a bit of a, a departure because in, in a lot of cases, spam uh, more recently has been utilizing embedded URLs uh, to lure the victim to click on a link instead of opening an attachment. But for this uh, actual, these campaigns, we've seen a shift a little bit into uh, more attachments than, than malicious URLs. Um, so that's just a number. Uh, look, this is actually from um, Q1. So this is uh, through, I believe, the numbers are through last week. Um, so you can see they, they are uh, pretty extensive. I am going to cover now, I want to go through a couple of different uh, areas, different types of threats that we're seeing uh, being using the coronavirus or the COVID-19 uh, uh, topic in the attack. So phishing is going to be by far the biggest one, right? Spam slash phishing uh, are the biggest threats that you're going to be seeing targeting either you or your, or your employees today. Uh, consumers are starting to see it as well, obviously, out there. Uh, and there's a couple of different themes that we see when we look at these spam messages. Uh, and again, you know, these spam messages, we're, we're seeing these all over the globe. This isn't unique, as you saw in the previous uh, uh, chart, uh, to one region of the world. Obviously, Europe is, is the biggest hit um, so far, but we will see an uptick. And we're seeing these, uh, you know, Russia, Japan, China even, uh, besides some of the other regions that you saw on the, on the previous slide. But here's one that uh, that purports to come from the Ministry of Health uh, news portal, right? So they're going to utilize in the in the from field. They're going to utilize a lot of these this type of of, of username, so to speak, right? Uh, it's going to purport to come from your from your health organization, from who, from uh, from the World Health Organization, from you know maybe a local group that uh, local health uh, provider in uh, in your region of the world. Um, and you can see, you know, they, they try and build the, the, the message out, you know, good day, given the changing dynamics, the outbreak in, in China and globally, recognized in the midst of the influenza season, anyone who's especially, right? And then the, the other piece is going to be the attachment, right? And here you can see the attachment says Corona uh, latest update dot dat file, right? And, um, and so you're going to see the attachment in a lot of cases be named something that is also similar to the topic. Um, so this is one that we, we saw subject here, coronavirus latest updates. Again, the subject is going to be something similar uh, in, na in nature, right? It's going to be trying to get somebody to, to want to open up the, uh, uh, the email message itself, right, to get the information. Here's another one. Uh, this one is more related to shipping transactions. You know, obviously, um, a lot of the uh, shipping has been disrupted. A lot of people are, are requesting packages now, um, and so you're seeing spam uh, associated with uh, shipping and receiving. Um, you know, here we're planning to ship the following orders next week, but due to it, it's been uh, postponed, you know, click on the attachment. The attachment here in this case is shipping instructions uh, and invoice uh, um, is the name, right? So so you're seeing that uh, that type of thing. And this one, it, it actually was, uh, there were some, it was purportedly coming from Japan, 
uh, in a Japanese company, and you, there was actually some Japanese um, uh, uh, words in here that we masked in the screenshot. Uh, but uh, but you can see again the subject uh, cancel shipment due to coronavirus, right? Um, so you know again shipping and receiving are going to be utilized. Uh, uh, that topic is going to be utilized a lot in these messages. Uh, this is one I found actually um, came from FireEye, uh, and I just I, I wanted to show this one because it does show that uh, while I mentioned that attachments uh, are usually um, going to be utilized, this one actually uses a link and, and an uploaded saying it's uploaded to the iCloud, uh, iCloud Drive. So get information. If you want the information, download it from the iCloud Drive. Um, and so this one uh, is a little different but where that, in that it has an embedded URL that it, that it is trying to get people to, and typically that, that embedded URL will download a piece of malware. Here's another one that I saw with uh, from coming from FireEye. Again, this one talking about China operations. Uh, it's you know if you are a global company and you do uh, do work in China, you could probably expect to see um, you know again these these malicious actors will do their due diligence against your organization. They'll do some open source investigation against your organization. They'll understand and they'll know that you may do business with China, and in that case, um, they'll likely send. Uh, spam message or phishing email messages, uh, think making trying to make you think it's coming from a Chinese uh, manufacturer or somebody that you work with in China. You know, this is uh, this one I I want to do um, to to do. This is an uh, an email sample targeting China and Italy that mentioned a cure for the coronavirus. So we obviously. Um, the challenge we have as a world is there is no cure, right? There is no vaccine currently. So obviously these threat actors uh, are going to try and get people to click because you may think it is there is a vaccine or there is a cure. So they're using that topic in a lot of the spam messages to get people to open it up um, because people obviously, everybody wants to see a cure, wants to see a vaccine being available. So you're more likely to click on on that type of a, a message. In this case, um, this uh, attachment um, uh, opened up a uh, downloaded a Hawkeye Reborn, which is a variant of the Hawkeye uh, information stealer Trojan. Uh, so they're going to try and steal some information once they infect the uh, the user. In this case, and again, you know the the um, the outcome of these uh, infections are going to be uh, somewhat over the map, right? There could be some spyware. There could be information stealers. Uh, we could see ransomware dropped. Uh, it just depends on what the uh, motivation of the of the actors behind the attack are. Uh, you know, you were, we, the last couple of were English based. Obviously, uh, there are non English based, uh, especially in Europe right now. Uh, this is one that is uh, where it's in Italian. Um, and it's, you know, the uh, giving important information about the virus, again, uh, wanting people to open it up because it gives information about the virus. Uh, here's one that is uh, Portuguese. And, again, it's, it's discussing a supposed vaccine for the COVID-19. Um, so hoping somebody will open it up because they think there is a vaccine available. Um, this is interesting. You know, the subject and body are, are both written in Italian. Um, the subject translates to coronavirus, important info on precautions. In the body, the sender claims that the attachment is a document prepared by the World Health Organization. So, again, they're going to use these 
these uh, the big uh, organizations that everybody's familiar with, and especially the World Health Organization. Uh, we'll see a lot more of that going on in the future. Um, and strongly advises the readers to download the attached um, uh, Microsoft Word file. The malicious file contains a Trojan. Um, and when you, if you open up the document, um, this is what happens. It'll, it'll say, actually, it'll, it'll, it'll ask the user to enable editing, enable content, so, so enabling the macros. Uh, we're seeing a lot of macro-based uh, malware as part of these attacks as well. Uh, again, if you have users, in a lot of cases, obviously macros are disabled from for most organizations, and um, and it, so it still requires the user to enable macros, and they will get a pop-up because uh, the, the the criminals will the malware will ask them to enable macros to kick off the virus or the malware. Obviously, best practice here is to make sure your employees understand that they should not be enabling macros. So if you, um, you know, this might be a good time to reemphasize to them um, through some education uh, if you don't allow macros to be utilized inside your organization. Um, other samples here that we're seeing targeting Italy. Uh, this one mentions the disease. Um, we're not found in the email subjects, but in the URL. Uh, this one, it, it, it actually has a um, uh, the fattura uh, is Italian for invoice. So this is an invoice scam uh, where they're trying to get somebody to pay an invoice. Uh, in this case, the attachments contained uh, malware that executes a PowerShell command and downloads a file from a URL that's related to COVID-19. So it's going to pop up a URL, and the URL is going to have some um, uh, uh, like in this case, recovery as it Italy COVID nineteen is the dot com is one of the is the domain used. In this case, the malware is Evil Clippy, which is a tool for creating malicious Microsoft Office documents, uh, which is really to hide uh, its its macro. In this case, uh, here's one uh, that is uh, Japanese based, and this one actually is using Emotet. So we're even seeing the Emotet group um, utilizing the uh, coronavirus, COVID-19 um, topic in their attacks. Uh, this one will download a, um, a malicious attachment that uh, contains macros, and when executed, it'll download a copy of the Emotet uh, malware uh, and install that on the victim's computer. Um, we'll detect it uh, already as part of our defenses against that. But again, Japan is seeing it. So we're seeing this, this spam all over the world. So Again, spam and phishing are going to be the number one threat right now. Um, so obviously, when we'll talk a little bit later about your, your messaging security practices um, and capabilities, uh, but that's going to be your really your first line of defense today uh, is going to be against these uh, malicious uh, emails that are going to be sent to employees. So now let's shift and talk about malicious domains and web pages. Um, this comes from uh, BitDiscovery. Uh, they shared some information uh, early on about a number of domains that were being registered um, uh, that had corona or coronavirus um, in the domain name. So you can see here all of these, uh, bestcorona.com, combatcorona.com, uh, coronadatabase.com, uh, coronadetect.com, all of these. We have confirmed all of these are malicious domains. 
Um, and again, you will receive a copy of the uh, of this presentation, so uh, you'll be able to take a look at these domains and make sure that you have protection. Obviously, with uh, Trend Micro, our web reputation service, um, all of these domains are are blacklisted, and so our customers are going to be protected from them. Uh, but uh, but we are going to see more and more of these um, being popped up. Uh, again, typo squatting is going to be starting to be used. So we'll see, you know, Corona spelled with uh, with a zero or something, or uh, anti with an I instead of we'll have an exclamation point instead of an I. So we'll see a lot of typo squatted domains being registered as part of this uh, with, you know, golf, uh, COVID nineteen, and and so forth <clears throat> being used as the uh, part of the domain name. Uh, this was an interesting one. Um, uh, Brian Krebs actually published this uh, on his uh, on his uh, website, Krebs uh, on Security dot com. Uh, but this is actually what they found is a number of uh, Russian language cybercrime forums were selling a digital coronavirus injection kit that used this uh, John Hopkins University interactive map as part of a a Java-based malware deployment scheme. So the kit itself costs $200 if the buyer already uh, has a Java code signing certificate. It would be $700 if the buyer wishes to use the seller certificate. But it loads a fully working uh, online map of coronavirus-infected uh, areas and, and other data. Um, uh, the map's resizable, it's interactive, has real-time data from the World Health Organization and other sources, um, and users will think that the preloader is actually a map, so they will open it and, and, and they can spread that, um, that th malware to others. The malware itself is a spyware that steals usernames, passwords, credit card numbers, and other data uh, that's stored in browsers. So you can see, again, in this case, they're going to utilize uh, maps. They're going to utilize uh, URLs, um, uh, dom bad malicious domains. So the web is probably the number two uh, concern out there where users could pick up uh, malware associated with it. So we will also start seeing, and I haven't seen evidence yet, but I'm assuming we'll, we will see a, a number of the uh, coronavirus websites uh, being targeted uh, possibly the World Health Organization's website being targeted, uh, other sites that are, that are sharing information, uh, state and local government sites that are sharing uh, state and local data about it, uh, looking, look to those to be potentially compromised as part of drive-by download attacks, et cetera. On the malware front, um, you know, we, we were looking at malware um, that had uh, coronavirus in their file name, so you can see here a bunch of them, coronavirus affected crew and vessel.xlsm, coronavirus affected, um, uh, let's see here, coronavirus safety measures underscore pdf.exe um, and, and uh, underscore xls.exe, list of coronavirus victims, POEA health advisory regarding 2020 novel coronavirus.pdf.exe, um, you know, a bunch of this stuff is, is the, um, they're utilizing as well. Again, thinking about if, if a, a email comes in and there's attachment that is named something with the coronavirus or COVID-19, uh, I would be suspicious with it. As an organization, if you are sharing information to your employees, 
make sure you think about the name you are using for the files that you are sharing um, uh, as well as obviously these are EXEs. Normally you would not share EXEs, uh, but you would be sharing dot just standard PDFs or, or words or whatever, um, Microsoft documents. But, but again, this is where the, the malicious actors are going to try and fool people into thinking it's a legitimate file. Um, that's why you see the dot .pdf, dot .exe um, type of, uh, of thing there. Uh, another one that's interesting, you know, this is actually was um, Reason Labs found uh, a number of fake websites that led to the download and installation of malware. So again, going back to the malware, uh, to the uh, website, a lot of fake websites are being developed by the criminals today. Again, that's how they use the, some of those do malicious domains that they develop. Um, they'll they'll create a web page uh, that will have information about the coronavirus on it. Um, and then they will download. These are, uh, we've confirmed uh, all of these files are malicious uh, that were associated with the uh, the fake websites that Reason Labs uh, identified. So we were able to get their, um, the information from them on uh, those fake websites. When we analyzed those fake websites, we were able to download all of the files associated with it. And they all, and these are the, the malicious files that were associated with it. Again, this is where um, if you'll be able to get the uh, information once you get the uh, um, the SHA ones, you can look up uh, SHA 256. You can look up when you get this uh, presentation later. So on the ransomware front, it's kind of interesting. Um, uh, I'll talk about a couple of things. First and foremost, um, Bleeping Computer published a blog recently about a new uh, a new family of ransomware called the coronavirus ransomware. So they named it coronavirus. In this case, it was being uh, downloaded off of a web page that is uh, supposedly um, from Wise Cleaner. So they're kind of doing a utilities page here. Um, so they, the, the, the malicious actors created this utilities page so people would think they're, they're getting legitimate um, uh, computer tools, PC tools, uh, but they're actually downloading uh, the coronavirus ransomware and the KPOT information stealing Trojans. So, again, I've talked about this in the past where uh, malicious actors won't necessarily only download a single type of malware. In this case, they were downloading both a ransomware malware as well as an information stealer. We're starting to see this, especially in, with the ransomware gangs, because they want to be able to extort you um, in two ways. One, with the ransom, if they encrypt the files, they'll, they'll um, ransom you and try and extort you through the ransom to get a key to, you know, a, a decryption key for to decrypting all those files. But if you refuse to pay the ransom, they have, they've implemented an information stealer as well, so they've stolen a bunch of your data prior to encrypting the files. So then they will extort you saying they will, they will publicly shame you with, by publicly, um, uh, sharing all of those those files on the internet with their with with people, so this is kind of following uh, the same route. But again, they're using um, some of this stuff for. Uh, th in this case, it's it's an actual the name of the ransomware family is coronavirus. Um, another one we're seeing is on the mobile side. So uh, mobile ransomware called COVID Lock. Uh, we recently identified and found that. Um, in this case, uh, this ransomware was charging $100 in bitcoins to the user, 
uh, and the threats that would happen if it if it did infect the the phone or the mobile device. It would delete data stored in the phone. It would leak social media accounts uh, details to it. Um, given 48 hours to pay, uh, the, so the victims of it. Um, this uh, this was a, this is kind of interesting in that it um, obviously on the it's it's in the mobile version, right? So the mobile the mobile ransomware actors are obviously using this stuff as well, um, uh, which is which is obviously a, a kind of a pain. And then I also noticed um, we published today an article called Operation Poison News, which uh, uh, talks about Hong Kong users being targeted with mobile malware via local news links. Uh, and this is an interesting one. I don't have it on here. I just wanted to bring it up because we're talking about mobile. Um, but it is on our on our blog, our security news blog. And what was interesting is they're targeting iOS, um, so Apple users, um, uh, and they're targeting vulnerabilities that are present in the iOS 12.1 and 12.2, which is uh, fairly recent. Um, uh, and they're, we're, we're identifying it as light spy, so we talk about it as light spy. It's a it's a, a backdoor that. Um, in, when it infects the device, it'll, it'll exfiltrate connected Wi-Fi history, contacts, GPS location, hardware information, the iOS keychain, phone call history, uh, Safari and Chrome browser history, SMS messages. Uh, and the reason I bring it up is that uh, there was they were share they were getting this through forums, so they were using forums, and they were brand new accounts that had been generated in these forums, uh, and they were sharing news of, and this is targeting Hong Kong users, uh, but they were giving out coronavirus news as the lure. So they were using forums uh, to get people to click and and, um, and get installed the, the, and utilize a vulnerability in, an, in the iOS. Uh, so if you haven't updated uh, to the latest version, you may still have that vulnerability associated with your, your uh, Apple phone, and they could install this backdoor on your phone. So just kind of a side note uh, as we continue on. So that's, that's kind of what we see right now. Um, again, a lot of this information comes from uh, detections through our customer base around the world. Uh, again, just to highlight, phishing, uh, uh, spam are going to be your top threats. Uh, that's what we're going to see mo- most of the time. But then web uh, web threats will be number two. Ransomware, you know, we did see some, unfortunately, we saw some ransomware actors targeting some of the healthcare organizations and some of the uh, other organizations that are working on vaccines and 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 some of the cures, so to speak, for, for this and uh, trying to target those organizations because they realize that they have to stay uh, uh, online. They have to have their systems online. Uh, which is a, a really dirty thing to do in this kind of a crisis. But um, whoever thought uh, malicious actors had consciences, unfortunately, they uh, they will take advantage uh, when they do, uh, when anything like this happens. So let's talk a little bit about best practices. If you you or one of your employees does get uh, attacked here, I would recommend filing a complaint. If you are in the U.S., which the majority of my uh, listeners here, I think, are in the in the U.S. Um, you can fly, file a complaint with the FT, uh, at ftc.gov slash complaint uh, and report that. So at least the government can track some of this stuff uh, as we start seeing 
these threats out there. So uh, it takes you to a page where you can you can file a complaint. If you're not in the U.S., I'm sure your um, your uh, country has a similar option uh, from your government websites. On the messaging layer, uh, again, first line of defense probably on the messaging layer. Again, if you're looking at uh, whether you're using Office 365, whether you're using Exchange, um, the recommendation obviously is building a layered uh, messaging security model. Uh, so you can see here, you know, for example, a lot of our our messaging products have all of these types of of uh, technologies involved. So at the at the beginning, you know, email sender reputation, sender and domain verification. Uh, we actually are now offering pre-execution machine learning. So in the past, we only had um, uh, pattern matching uh, scanning uh, of attachments. Now we do pre-execution machine learning. Uh, Anti-malware, that's the anti-malware static that I just mentioned. Um, uh, you can also include sandbox analysis. So in this case, we have zero-day malware behavioral, macro detection, document exploits. Uh, so if, if something gets through those first uh, couple of pre-filters, so to speak, you could send the, attack, the suspicious attachment off to a sandbox and let it explode in the sandbox to identify if something's there. Um, we also have social engineering protection. This is using some um, machine learning as well and, and artificial intelligence. Our writing style DNA, that's where we actually uh, can analyze your um, uh, employees' uh, handwriting when they craft email messages, how do they craft email, how do they write email messages, and then we will analyze that through about two to 300 messages, and then once we have a model, we can flag anything that comes up that's maybe different. So this would be a very good protection if somebody was able to compromise an actual account, email account, and then they launch emails from that account. But that, that, that uh, hacker does not necessarily, may not necessarily write in a similar fashion to your employee. Um, credential phishing attack protection, gateway web reputation. Again, you want to be able to scan the attachments, and that's where that, that you know, the, the sandbox and stuff. But if there's an embedded URL, you also want to have uh, uh, web reputation in there, filter by file type or extension, as well as click time web reputation. So that means when, it, when somebody clicks on that, we'll actually do another scan of that web page to make sure that it is, uh, that it is um, okay to be on. Uh, on the URL side, um, we, we do have some URL sandboxing, but I would also just say that um, make sure you have uh, web reputation or some type of URL scanning either at the endpoint or in your email messaging layer or at the web gateway. Um, so when anybody does a, uh, a um, clicks on a web page, it somehow gets analyzed and gets uh, checked. So I would con you can consider any kind of web uh, scanning, web reputation scanning as, as needed today because, again, the second biggest problem you're going to have is, is malware coming over the web. So obviously human and technology mix, that's, that's the big challenge you have. Um, that layered security uh, practice we, we talk about on a regular basis uh, you want to implement. Uh, but obviously we know one of the challenges, and, and especially in this case, because they're going to be targeting your employees, the humans the, with the weakest link, uh, we can't patch us ourselves. Um, that's a challenge. Social engineering is certainly going to grow uh, more and more as we as we uh, continue forward, especially in this case, right? Last year, we actually saw a drop in phishing pages, but I think uh, with this outbreak, with this pandemic, you're, we're going to see a surge in in uh, 
uh, credential phishing pages coming up. Another tool that you might want to look at is um, uh, uh, phishing awareness, uh, doing a security awareness service. Um, that's where uh, you can essentially, we can simulate real phishing attacks. Um, so we have a, 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 a tool called Fish Insight that is free uh, to, to organizations. And we have a number of different templates now um, that actually are tied to this area. Uh, this. So we have a COVID-19 alert from CDC. So there's actually some pre-built um, simulations that you could utilize to send a phishing email exercise to your uh, employees uh, to help them know uh, and train them on, on some of this stuff. So uh, those are available. You can also obviously customize the message to suit your organization. Um, so you could create your own depending on what you, maybe you, you have seen a couple of samples um, that have gotten into your organization. You want to test your employees with those uh, just to see who would click and who wouldn't. Um, you can monitor the results in real time as you, as you launch these things out. Um, you can also train your employees with some engaging content. So we actually are uh, partnering up with a number of um, leading training content providers. So you can and you can do it to your culture, right? So if they like animated trainings, you could do that. If they like live action, if they like interactive. So part of this service also supports this type of back-end uh, training uh, for people who potentially may have uh, failed the test, uh, failed the phishing uh, exercise. We also have some work-from-home training modules as well. So if you have a, obviously every, all of us are dealing with work from home employees and you'd be able to get some of those modules, uh, training modules. How do you sign up? So you can self-register at fishinsight.trendmaker.com. Uh, if you want to get access to pre a premium version, uh, I just recommend you contact our, your account manager or contact TrendMicro uh, or request through this email, uh, fishinsight.trendmicro.com. So let's talk a little bit about um, work from home best practices. So again, we're all kind of in the new model here. Uh, for some of us, again, I mentioned earlier, I've been doing work from home now for 20 years. So I'm pretty used to working from home and, and uh, dealing with, with the challenges of, of working from home. But I know a lot of us, a lot of you are probably new to it. Um, you're probably going stir crazy. Uh, you're probably, you know, and, and obviously with a lot of us, our, our kids are still are at home with us because they're going to school via online learning now. Um, so that's actually new for me. Um, normally, the only time my kids are home when I'm working is, is during the summer, and then they're usually out about doing stuff. So uh, this is a bit new as well with them being in, in the house uh, doing school work uh, at the same time, I'm trying to work uh, from my office. But, uh, but again, this is going to talk a little bit more about helping teleworkers be secure. So how can you make sure your home office is a secure home office? And I know a lot of you who are um, the IT folks in the organization, you're, you're going to be charged with ensuring your employees' home offices are secure. So we'll talk a little bit about that, right? So obviously there's a couple of things that you can do. Make sure they have the security tools that they need. Um, protect non-corporate devices. Uh, again, you know, we have we've actually uh, we have a, a product called Home Network Security. It's a it's a router that sits next to your home router, and it analyzes all the traffic into and out of your out of your home network. And we are seeing um, all sorts of uh, of attacks into and coming out of the home network. So we have a very good 
understanding of what the attacks are. Lately, what we have been seeing is mostly brute force um, credential phishing attacks, uh, so RDP brute force, Telnet brute force. Um, we see a lot of uh, uh, ransomware attacks targeting that. Um, uh, those kind of things are happening. Home routers are, are definitely weak, and that's why um, we've been trying to improve that. We actually also embed our software in a number of the um, uh, uh, commercial products out there, uh, home network routers, so they have our, our technology built in. Look at secure web gateways. If you have a, don't have a secure web gateway today, you might want to think about looking at that, especially if you can get one as a service, um, so secure web gateways as a service. Uh, and then also look at your enterprise storage, uh, like Dropbox. So, again, a lot, of, or a lot of people now have to work from home, which means they're probably creating documents. Where are they storing those documents? Are they going to store them on their, on their local computer, or are you going to – do you want them to store them in a, in a uh, secure cloud uh, or a secure enterprise storage uh, option? Look into split tunneling. Um, so telework plus a, a secure web gateway. Um, often for, for new teleworkers, if you're missing one of those uh, with your VPNs, uh, it can be some risky browsing. So think about that. Look into these uh, Secure Web Gateway, Secure Web Gateway as a service. A lot of the Secure Web Gateways actually have an app that you can install on the, on the system, and it will then uh, direct it to go through the uh, Secure Web Gateway for that user. So look at that. Uh, obviously, we're all using video and voice conferencing. So uh, are you going to choose an enterprise version, or are you going to have to bring your own uh, uh, video conferencing, right? Enterprise versions, you can in implement a lot of the single sign-on, so um, manage downloads, policy restrictions, private options. So there's a number of options you can look at for it with an enterprise version. Um, with your bring the own, there are obviously unfamiliar interfaces for you uh, as an organization. So if you're dealing with, with your employees at home who are using their own type of video conferencing. You don't know the interfaces. Um, they actually could be malware if they're installing these things from from some of the um, some of the free versions or some of the versions that are out there. Uh, you have an extra set of credentials now. And then where am I storing that recording? Right. So if people record, it's a lot of PII data potentially um, that they are storing. Could be customer data. Could be information that they're talking about. Where are those recordings being stored? So. Um, you want to look at your policies around that as well. And then don't make it worse, right? Um, forcing password reset. Bulk force password resets for teleworkers may not be the best idea right now, uh, again, because they have something in place uh, that seems to be working. Uh, loosening policies on password resets, no recommended apps, tools, only supporting in-office apps. Um, uh, so that, you know, that can be some challenges for you with, with some of the new teleworkers that are out there. One other thing I wanted to highlight, um, if you have an employee at home uh, and you want to have them get, check their system or, or their network, uh, home network, we have some free, free scanning tools, uh, our home office scanner. Uh, if you've ever been to housecall.trendmicro.com, uh, there's a number of free scanners there. The one I, I wanted to highlight is the home network one. Uh, when, you, when you do that, it actually installs an agent on a PC, but that is going to actually scan the, the entire home network, and it will map out the home network uh, in, a, in a visual representation, and it will pop up with a risk assessment. 
So it'll, and then you, and then the user can actually click and see what is the risk. So for example, if they're, uh, if their uh, telnet port is open or their RDP port is open on their brow on their um, router, it'll pop up and say that's a risk. Um, can we turn that off, for example? And it'll, it explains that. So that's something. Uh, that's a, some free tools that you could have your your remote workforce uh, use to scan if you're not using some of the other tools that are out there. Um, so recommend that as well. Uh, you know, a lot of you probably know who we are, what we do. We've been doing this for 32 years. Um, we are doing a number of things to help our customers, uh, but if, and if you're not a Trend customer, we'd love to talk to you uh, and, and get your opinion. Uh, we can help you with any challenges you might have. Again, you know, we have uh, solutions across the spectrum. Uh, I mentioned all the free tools. We have a number of other free tools that, are, that you, can, you can access on our site today. Uh, we do have some um, some things that we're doing for organizations with our internet security as well. So take a look at those. So let's move to questions. Um, we've got a few minutes here. Oh, will you please post the link to the home security appliance you mentioned? So um, just go to uh, Amazon.com. Uh, if you go to Amazon and you type in Trend Micro Home Network Security, it'll pop up. You'll see it. It's a it's a small little uh, router. That you can you can purchase. Uh, it's actually a very effective. I run it in my. It uh, downloads a little app on your phone, and you can use it. You can throttle your your kids if you want. Uh, you can turn it off and on, them off on the internet. And you can monitor. Um, there's a number of things you can do there. It also obviously has some embedded uh, IPS um, deep in, uh, packet inspection stuff. So we're looking at that. We're looking at vulnerabilities associated with a lot of the devices inside the home. Uh, network and, and and one of the things I will say is part of that um, when we we analyze we're analyzing the data coming out of the the home we're seeing infections across the board we're seeing them obviously the biggest are PCs and and um, uh, phones and Apple devices and and Android devices but we also regularly see uh, um, uh, IP cameras. Uh, we see gaming consoles, we see printers, we see, and we see all of those other devices that you normally wouldn't expect to have malware on them. We see uh, uh, malicious attacks coming out of those. Uh, somebody asked about that. I, uh, what product is you mentioned for home routers? Again, uh, Tremico Smart Home uh, Network. Is there a Fish Report Outlook ribbon plugin available? Oh, that's a good question. I don't. I, I'm not familiar with that. I'll have to check on that and see if that Fish Insight has something uh, that ties into Outlook. Let me, I'll check uh, for you on that, Michael. Where can I download or install the phishing software? So uh, again, Fish Insight, that's fish with a P-H, fishinsight.trendmicro.com. Does TrendMicro block these attachments or links that you talk about? Yes. Yeah, so all of these, uh, all the stuff that I mentioned in the in the uh, webinar today, we have blacklisted. So we'll detect through our file scanners. We'll detect through our web scanner, uh, web rep, rep, web reputation. All of that are going to be um, supported. So as if you are a Trend customer and you have the latest uh, stuff and you're updating and you have the latest. Um, security controls and, and updates, uh, you will be protected. 
Somebody said, I just heard about a FBI investigation into scammers calling people claiming to be the CDC, stating that they had been exposed to COVID-19. They need to pay for testing over the phone and then sending them the fake locations. Any news from your end on this? I haven't specifically seen that, but it doesn't surprise me that we will start seeing phone-based scams as part of this as well. Uh, people purporting to be from the CDC or from the, the World Health Organization and requesting people to either pay, use credit card to do stuff or uh, do things. So um, certainly that's, that, is, that will continue as well. I didn't talk a little about those types of scams, but certainly um, uh, we are seeing, the FTC is seeing a lot of those scams already uh, being reported um, so, again, be aware. It's not all going to be um, computer-related, uh, cyber-related. Uh, phone scams like uh, are always going to be part of these big – when these big news events hit as well, especially in this case because it is such a big deal globally. You will see phone-based scams popping up. Uh, with the map scam, is there always a download? We are wondering how to know if a map is legitimate or one of the bad ones. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, again, the way to find if it's a bad one right now is probably you're going to have to detect the malware associated with it that's that's being downloaded with the map. Um, so I would, I would say, um, you know, go to the appropriate sites. Don't don't try to download a map or if somebody sends you an email and says, hey, use this new map, uh, obviously don't do that. Let's go to the John Hopkins University website and use their map. Um, it's less likely that those organizations' uh, um, pages, uh, web pages will be infected, although that could happen. But, again, that's why you want to make sure you utilize some form of web scanner uh, because it may be able to pick that stuff up. But, again, you know, don't don't utilize maps that you get from uh, from the internet. Uh, go to the source. Go to John Hopkins University. Go to the CDC. Utilize their their maps uh, as opposed to trying to get one yourself. Do you have any info on the new security bulletin? Multiple critical vulnerabilities in Tremicro Apex One and Office Scan. So, uh, if you're not familiar, we did disclose last week that there were a couple of, of critical vulnerabilities that we had detected. Uh, and we have patched. So uh, there are patches available for those. Uh, if you're an Apex One or Office Scan, uh, as well as a worry-free customer, uh, recommend that you um, go and make sure you have the latest version uh, patch uh, and apply those security patches as quickly as possible. Uh, as you, we, we do with any security, any software that uh, there is a critical vulnerability, it is recommended that you get those patches. Um, we do have some IPS filters, so if you're running Tipping Point or you're running Deep Security or even the Vulnerability Scanner in Apex One or Office Scan, uh, we do have some IPS filters that could detect that. But again, the recommendation right now is to patch and do a full patch of those, uh, of those uh, solutions today. And the patch is available, so if you go to our website, you'll, you can find those. How do we keep our mobile phones safe? Oh, yeah, good question. Um, you know, this is one of the challenges uh, that we have um, because a lot of people think mobile phones are immune to uh, malware. 
unfortunately that is not the case. And as you saw earlier when I talked about the new one in, in uh, Hong Kong, even Apple devices, iOS 12.2, uh, 12.1, 12.2 are being affected today. So the recommendation is, is to look at a um, security application that you can install on those those phones uh, and to then that will scan apps that are being downloaded. It could scan for vulnerabilities associated with uh, with the phone uh, and alert the user. So we do recommend that you uh, do that. Trend Micro Mobile Security has, has is a uh, one solution I would I would obviously recommend uh, so you can take care of it with that. Is Cloud App Security uh, block the type of attacks you talk about? Yes. So uh, Cloud App Security is our uh, solution for um, Office 365 users. We do recommend that you apply that. All of those those layers that I talked about in the messaging security, those do apply for uh, with um, uh, Cloud App Security. Uh, so, uh, and we just published a Cloud App Security 2019 report that we shared uh, that shows all of the uh, malicious threats that got through some of the native controls uh, associated with Office 365. I think it was 12.5 million uh, threats that were able to get through uh, the native controls, and, and we blocked uh, through Cloud App Security. So uh, you might want to take a look at that. But, yes, we will detect and block the, the, the spam and the malware and the URLs associated with it. Somebody asked about EDR, uh, Endpoint Detection and Response. So essentially um, – uh, if you are looking to upgrade your endpoints to include detection and response, we do have support for that. Uh, but what that really means is uh, in the event of you, you getting an infection, you want to be able to backtrace that and find the root cause of the infection. And EDR, or what we are now uh, offering, which is XDR, uh, which is more than just endpoint, it includes networking and cloud and um, messaging and all that, all the other vectors, but um, it allows you as an organization to be able to backtrace and find the source of where the infection started and where it went inside your organization. So it's a very helpful tool um, in a threat hunting per perspective. So you can hunt down where that threat started, where it propagated to, and then you can obviously then uh, hopefully use it to eradicate that. Um, so I would I would recommend if you're going to look at EDR to look at XDR uh, because the threats today are not going to stay at the endpoint. They're going to cross over, uh, and they're not going to come in just straight through the endpoint. That's where the messaging layer information is very critical because you can backtrace because most of the threats are going to come via email, and if you can't backtrace to your email solution of who got that threat, you may still have it inside your organization. Somebody asked about they get a ton of spam in regards to coronavirus. Does Trend want to see these, and if so, where do we send it? Um, I would recommend that if you're a Trend customer, you can submit through the support portal. If you're a non-Trend customer, you might want to go to our sitesafety.trendmicro.com website. Um, I believe you can submit some things there. How many devices can the home security hardware support? Some reviews mentioned it bogs down at internet speed. I have, I think I have 30 plus devices on my home network right now that are active, um, and so far I have not seen any slowdowns. But again, depends on what you're doing. If you have, if all of your, if everybody is streaming and everything, I think you're going to get bogged down anyway, um, depending on what they're doing. So I haven't seen any problem, but uh, but again. Um, 
it just depends on on you as a uh, as a user and what your network is going to look like. Have you seen any scams for making masks and donating or money disbursements, et cetera? Um, I have not seen any, but that's not to say there aren't any out there. Um, uh, likely, again, again, if if the invoice and the um, the news type of stuff don't work, you'll see them shift to other topics uh, uh, that are associated with this outbreak of this pandemic. Uh, I think uh, you will definitely start seeing those. Again, we will keep that page. We will keep updating that page I mentioned earlier. That's in the resource section um, of your of your uh, uh, platform here. You can you know keep going back to that page on a regular basis because we will continue to to put new threats that we see, and it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if we see these again. Anything that has to do with with this um, pandemic, anything to do with coronavirus, COVID-19, if you receive email or you see web pages, um, you're browsing, I would be suspicious because uh, the the malicious actors are going to be very uh, um, utilizing this quite a bit. Uh, There's a question about the new Windows vulnerability uh, not projected to be fixed until mid-April. It's a Microsoft new Windows vulnerability. I, I don't know about that one yet. I'll have to get information. I would assume uh, if we can, we, we depending on if it's submitted through ZDI, our zero-day initiative bounty program, uh, we may have some IPS filters early for tipping point. Um, but otherwise, um, we may have to look at um, protection at uh, at the time of the patch from Microsoft. Does worry-free update and patch automatically? How do I update if, if it does not? Uh, so I would recommend talking to our support organization. I do not believe it has automatic uh, update capability, but I could be wrong. I would recommend contacting our, our tech support. They can help you with that process. And I think that's about it. Uh, I want to, again, thank everybody for joining me this month. Uh, I will have a new topic next month. Uh, if you want to throw in a couple of topics, use the question and answer uh, for future topics. I, I will. Uh, I do like to take uh, advice from my audience on uh, topics that are interest of them. So feel free to just throw a question that just says, "Hey, topic options uh, for future, you know, X, Y, Z." Uh, but thanks everybody for joining this week. This is has been recorded you will receive a link to the recording. So if you have any um, uh, friends or family or co-workers that you think would benefit uh, of watching this on demand, you can send them that link. Also, you will receive the slides as part of that, so you can get access to those as well. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. And everybody, stay healthy, please. And I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.